1: what's up and welcome back to the kind of funny games cast of course i'm tim gettys and i'm joined by blessing
2: good
0: afternoon tim andy hello
2: greg good afternoon tim and michael hi
0: we got a full crew hey. of boys today how does it feel love Great. a full crew boys
1: yeah bon- <laughs> too. i'm, not, I'm boys. not
2: saying anything i'm not getting canceled <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It smells I, crazy in here yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> michael how you doing uh i I was gonna say i'm chilling but i'm not very busy yeah Uh, lots of assignments uh i was on kfgd not too long ago talking about how busy i was with uh, various assignments for various websites still on that grind but uh it's cool it's like i said before it's exciting to be got my hands in all kinds of places doing all kinds of dope shit uh but and i'm here to talk about one of those things
1: which is which
3: is, uh, y'all already want to get into it?
1: Final Fantasy 16. Ooh. You got to play it. We wanted to have you here to talk all about it. We got questions for you. We're going to get into all that and so much more. Because, of course, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast where each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. Uh, there's about to be a million reviews for video games over the next couple months. Previews of things, uh, impressions of things, predictions of things. You know what the Kind of Funny Games cast is. And if you didn't know, well, you should get familiar now by going to youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or roosterteeth.com to watch the videos. If you want to get it as a podcast, search for Kind of Funny Games Cast on your favorite podcast service, and we'll be right there for you. And if you wanted to get the show ad-free and watch it live as it's being recorded and get a whole bunch of bonus content, like Kind of Feudy, like, remember, Blank, like the Greg ways that Greg does every single day, you gotta go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producer Delaney Twining has Andy, done.
2: then we caught that fully. Don't Thank worry. You. It's just no his phone's sitting there so ready to get pickpocketed, oh, you know what I mean? No. And I'll show him what it's like to ride the Muni, all right? Never let your guard die. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, if you don't have a buck to toss our way, that's totally cool. Whenever you're on the Epic Game Store, please use our promo code, kind of funny, and at no extra cost to you, we get some of that money. It's a win-win for everybody involved, but especially us, and we appreciate you for that. A um, little housekeeping for you. The Blessing Show. We've been hyping it up for a long time, and it is now out. The latest episode. Bless, you want to talk yes. about it for a sec?
0: Oh, yeah. I talk all about black hair and video games. It's, it's kind of a deep dive. We have multiple interviews. I get to talk to a game developer from Naughty Dog. I get to talk to Roger's partner, Lianza. Uh, it's one I highly recommend. Go check out that episode. It's a must-watch.
1: It's a must-watch. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames. It is an amazing 17-minute video. Get some popcorn ready and just have a good old time. You get entertained, you get educated. It's the best type of thing
4: here at Kind of Funny. Tracking on the way to beat. This fucking guy. Yes. All the you way don't to the top, it. So Let's go. Yeah, I if someone was going to beat a knock on wood, I'm glad it's a topic. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> this serious. This well
2: produced. This many interviews and graphics. Like he tried really hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I stepped up and I was like, "Yo, this is stupid. I don't know why they're not doing this." And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then they shut it down. <laughs> and
1: then they shut it down. Um. So here we are. This is the kind of funny games cast. I want to get right into it. Final Fantasy 16. Michael, yep. you went to New York City all the way to New York to play this game. Sure. I am very, very jealous of you. I need to know everything. What'd you think?
3: Oh man. So a little bit of backstory. Uh so Final Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy 16 is developed by Creative Business Unit 3. if y'all know, Final Fantasy 14 is one of the greatest games of all time. Let's look at it scions of the seven dawn if there's any group of people that oh, i'm gonna fight alongside if i'm gonna attack in deep no not dethrone god oh, i was gonna say deep throat god <laughs> 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 hey, hey if y'all want to do that
2: too <laughs> what these people want to do to God,
4: that's, you'll be there. That's,
3: <laughs> there. that's none of my business. I, I ain't going to do that. But <laughs> if you're down, you're down. You know, you know
4: what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> these are yeah, That's the thing. hidden ending. Yeah. <laughs> Killing
3: chaos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I got a quick question. Did I mo- demonetize y'all's video when I said shit at the beginning? <laughs> before? Oh, no. I, like, we curse one? all the time. Okay. We don't care about that. That's a good chance. About all right. All right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so 16, uh, back when it was revealed as state of play in 2020, I was on a GameSpot stream and I fucking cried. <laughs> I was I was in tears trying to talk to Tam and Lucy about what it felt like to see the name Creative Business Unit 3, which is a very dry name for the people who make Final Fantasy 14. Now, Kiyoshida, the director and producer on 14, is the lead producer on 16. For me, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my. That's 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 my gang right there these these are these are my peoples and they're they're doing the next big entry for the game. They're gonna show anyone who doesn't play the MMO they're gonna show the world what they're made of and all their narrative chops and what they can do. So that's why I was so excited and so hyped back Amen. in the day
2: Michael for people who don't know you and are stepping into it, how much Final Fantasy 14 would you say you have played? if I were to type in slash playtime into the chat log, yeah. it would probably be like,
3: Shit, maybe like two hundred and sixty eight days worth of playtime. <laughs> like I,
0: I like to say hours. Most
3: people measure in hours. Yeah,
0: <laughs> a lot of time
3: idling. But hey, y'all do the math on that one. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen like quite literally in very real ways has changed my life. Um, so I'm I'm very uh, I got tons of love for that game.
0: You're so. you're one of the few people in the world whose like job like title. Your full time yeah. job
3: was covering <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, yeah. And then they, then they cut me. Cut him like his butter, man. Uh, Rest in peace, but- <laughs> yeah, they're still, they're still around. <laughs> uh, are they? <laughs> <laughs> <that's fucked> <laughs> Shouts out to all my homies who are still there. Uh, but yeah, so playing 6, I've been looking forward to Final Fantasy 16. Every time there's a new trailer, every time yeah, there's new info, yeah. I'm like I'm on the edge of my seat learning more about it.
4: Uh, I'm, an, I'm quite the night owl, and I know things are popping off when I see Michael Hyam tweeting it one of the morning being like oh my yeah. god oh, yeah. fucking uh, the frost maned fucking what's her face is now here and it's every, business unit three owned every, by Salesforce tower every few, every
0: few months I'll hear like uh, let's go oh, let's, and it's two I wake up it's <laughs> two a.m. and I was like oh i must see some Final Fantasy 14 shit going on yep, yep, and yep. I checked the next morning sure enough there was a new update that dropped yeah, yeah I,
4: I posted the meme of like Squidward looking out the window I was like be careful the, the Final Fantasy 14 news is happening the, <laughs> the freaks are outside yeah. <laughs> it's funny
3: I, I, had to, it, I didn't interview with the dev team also after the preview and Nakioshida Yoshida is, was one of the people i was interviewing i told him I like yo i'd be up at 3 a.m watching your streams bro and he just, he just thought it was really funny uh, so i let him know straight i was like yo i'm a real one just to let y'all know so uh yeah i got to interview them i got hands-on with about an hour and a half of the game two separate sequences uh kind of separate from the larger story context uh, i have some thoughts and feelings about how, what they're doing with the narrative what they're doing with their darker tone a more violent story but from what I've seen so far, uh, I, I have some impressions. But again, it is largely about the combat. This demo was to show people how this game plays. Um, and I can get into all that. But I think the one thing I would tell people is that if you want to get ready for Final Fantasy sixteen, play DMC5. <laughs> like this. Oh, is, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that is wow. awesome. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real shorthand way of uh, kind of. You know, it, it, there's there's a lot more going on than just oh, it's it's DMC five in the context of a Final Fantasy of of an RPG. But the combat di- director uh, Ryota Suzuki, who worked on DMC five, and Marvelous is Capcom two and MVC two, Dragon's Dogma. Uh, he is the combat director for 16, and that DNA is straight up in here, and it felt right at home. Uh, I know there's I, I was not not necessarily concerned, but I was just curious how they're going to fit action RPG into Final Fantasy once i got hands on with it, it it was like a perfect fit man uh so uh yeah it's it's fast moving it's a stylish action game it like if you've seen bayonet in action if you've seen dmc in action 16 plays similarly
0: to that so i i, I assume you play final fantasy 7 remake yes would you yeah. say this is more actiony than oh even yeah. f7 remake yeah wow. yeah. I, I
3: think they they do borrow some uh some features and mechanics from other final fantasies there's dna of Almost every modern Final Fantasy, in some way in this game like the Stagger system, is in here too, so it works similarly. You want to get bosses down to stagger, and then you can have that multiplier do way more damage. Um, but the thing is, seven is a lot more technical, it's a lot more uh, slower pace. It's more methodical because you are subject to the ATB system, and you have to make decisions about your whole party. In 16, you're only playing as Clive. You're Ooh. playing a single this is character action straight up. You have, you have party members with you, but they're all AI controlled. Um, so you are focused on controlling Clive and
0: are you, are you able to do like give them potions or like mess with their strategies at all? Do you see that? So you have a puppy with you. His name is Torgel. If you can see him on the side, uh, you
3: can give him like tactical, uh, preferences. Mm -hmm. So he will like help heal. Uh, he will attack or defend, uh, things like that. But Otherwise, you are you are fully in control of Clive. You'll have uh, party members such as Jill and Sidolphus. Uh, he was Sidolphus was part of this uh, part of this demo, and he's like he's like your right hand man, he's your homie. Uh, he's got your back. But are any of
4: these na- characters or names like Do you recognize any of them from 14, or is there any left uh, carryover from there? Oh no, no, no this is straight up. Okay. New grand.
3: I mean, like, there's always a Sid. There's always (laughs) a Sid in Final Fantasy. So your boy Sidolphus is the Sid (laughs) here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he's a yeah. He'll he'll be with you
4: there. uh, But kind of like patches.
3: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) in every in every Souls game. But yeah, this is. uh, But so the a little bit about where the depth of the combat comes from. So as Clive, like, oh, I'm just controlling one character. Uh, But you have icons, which are the summons, and icons you swap with icons pressing L two. And in the demo, you had I had Garuda, Ifrit, and Titan. So pressing L2 just swaps between them and it changes your moveset. So for example, if I have Garuda equipped, I hold R2, I press square or triangle, I'm gonna do like an uppercut move or like a multi-hit combo. It's like a special ability. Um, And at any, at any moment I can hit L2 again and switch to Ifrit and I can start using his moves. So it's just like DMC
1: five, but switching between the different weapons. So it's like
3: switching between like Dante's stances or, um, or uh, Nero, Nero's Nero's arms. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, it made, it just made sense. Like five, after five minutes of playing this game, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I know how I'm supposed to be doing this. So I was just experimenting with the different things and talking about. Uh, uh, ryota suzuki's kind of fighting game background and obviously dmc is that uh when i talked to him and interviewed him there's going to be like a training mode that gives you like your command input data and it's going to be very precise in that way uh and beyond that uh, we already talked about end game content and i think this speaks to the depth of the character action that they're doing here is that there's going to be a post game mode that's going to grade you as if it was wow nice. and there's gonna be leaderboards and there's gonna be huh. like people getting trying to get high scores and there's this is the they, best thing you could ever say to me right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited it's fucking it's fucking wild because before looking at it, it's like okay they're doing stylish action but now they're trying to make uh, final fantasy 16 more of a, a spectators thing because you know as much as we love the turn base the old school final fantasies you know they mentioned streaming. They want people streaming this game. And there's a new mode called uh, Ultimania mode, which is, they've said, I don't know if y'all played Dante Must Die on DMC5, which is like the hardest difficulty. In that game, one of the hardest things ever in video games. They said that Ultimania mode is even harder than that. So they're trying to really push people to challenge themselves with their combat system. And I don't think they'd be bold enough to do that if they weren't confident in like building out depth in this mm. character action combat insane. system. That, yeah. I mean that all
0: sounds insane. My 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 question is then where where does the RPG come in in terms of the character moveset involving that? Did you get a sense of 10 hours down the line this is how my play style is going to differ from the first hour or like 20 hours down the line so that's a good
3: question because our demo had things unlocked that i that you wouldn't have otherwise like at that point in the story so i don't know if i'm actually going to have the three summons in that story moment mm. i don't know if that's something that you're gonna to have to build up i imagine that's gonna be something you're gonna to have to build up to i just don't know what that pacing looks like uh, but the rpg elements you go into the skill trees and you have you have different abilities for clive like Different types of parries, um, uh, different kinds of attacks you can do with different uh, button prompts and button combos. And then you have the different icons uh, have different movesets that you can upgrade and uh, attach and equip. Because I think you can only have two equipped at a time per icon. So if you hold R2, square and triangle are your two abilities that you can attach to them. And they have different abilities that you can mix and match. So that's where you kind of come up with... Okay, what's my combo gonna look like? What's my what's gonna be my bread and butter? How am I gonna like, if I'm fighting this type of enemy, I could do air juggles, what's my go-to combo there? If I fight someone who's armored and I have to stagger them, how am I, what's my moveset gonna look like? What's my approach gonna look like? Uh, so you customize the ways in which you have, you equip your uh, batch of icons uh, and, yeah, I got to toy around so with that like stuff. your
4: loadouts. Uh, in yeah, way, exactly,
3: no. exactly. So you have like basically a loadout of special abilities for all your icons, and it's up to you to how you want to mix and match and upgrade those abilities. They start to have different effects. Um, they they can get stronger and things like that. And then there's there's uh, there's also equipment like a standard RPG and EXP and all that other stuff. So um, pretty standard RPG stuff in terms of progression. <clears throat> um, are you, but, do you see yeah. stats? Yeah, but I, I don't know if uh, I c- I can't really get a good grasp of. Like how those things scale and mm-hmm. how they affect uh, the game, because it was just a, an hour demo. But yeah.
1: Watching the uh, early reveal trailers for it, uh, there was like, it seemed like the UI has changed a lot from mm-hmm. what we originally saw compared to this, where I remember uh, a couple trailers in, we saw the icon V Icon fight, and it yes. kind of looked like a fighting game with the health bars on the top. Yeah. It seems like
3: that's just like the default combat screen now. Is that the case? Yeah. Yep. That is uh, the, the, the footage that y'all are seeing here <laughs> is. The latest footage, straight up uh B-roll from, from Square Enix himself. So this is more or less close to the final game. Of course, you know, uh as as y'all should see, that this is they want us to mention that this is all subject to change, but of course. Um yeah, this this feels like a complete game. Uh, so you bring up the, the icon versus icon battle. So the thing okay, so take a step back. The first part of this demo was going through this castle keep and reaching the top to fight Benedicta, who's like a main character. She's she's the one who wields Garuda. And I'm not sure what the story context is, but you fight her, and this part of the demo, you see it right there, and then um, you kind of get a sense of how fast and how intense these boss battles are. The second part was a separate story sequence where you fight Garuda the Icon, straight up herself. So it's like this tiny guy fighting this big godlike creature uh, with like a windstorm going around you. It's it's pretty wild. It's pretty this intense. Right but, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right here. So you're fighting Garuda the Icon herself. This moment transitions to another part where Clive transforms into Ifrit. Like, he just straight-up transforms, like, goes Super Saiyan mode, fucking turns into Ifrit, and then it's Ifrit versus versus Garuda. And I wasn't, I wasn't too... Uh, how do I say it? I mean, visually and cinematically, it's super impressive. Like, this game looks expensive. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> straight up. And it also very much feels like a current-gen game. Like, this is a PS5 exclusive, and it feels like they're really using the PS5. Uh, to its uh, maximum capabilities. Um, But the the icon versus icon fights are, they're all like bespoke set pieces. So Mm. uh, this moment where you're controlling Ifrit, it's not going to be the same as the the icon battle where you're going to control Phoenix or if you're going to control Shiva or whoever it might be. They're all kind of their own thing. And I, I think I saw in a snippet from some gameplay that they showed beforehand, I think it's where you control Phoenix. It controls like a rail shooter, like a Panzer Dragoon Orta. Uh, sort of deal. It just deal. keeps getting better. Yeah. I, I think I think that's the moment where they flex and like do these one-off kinds of things. This one wasn't too uh exciting from a gameplay perspective because you're controlling Ifrit who who's this heavy hulking tank who's like charging at Garuda, just like fucking throwing punches and shooting fireballs and stuff. So see a lot of QTEs. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's another thing to bring up the these kind of cinematic moments, these these cinematic cuts, these scripted sequences that tr- they act like uh, phase transitions in these boss battles. Um, they want to keep damn. your. They want to keep your. Make sure you're paying attention. So they got the QTEs. Uh, it's like smash square or press square at this certain moment, or press R1 to dodge or whatever like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's whatever. I'm not I'm not not a big fan of uh, QTEs in in that sense. So here, right here, you're just like, it's smashing square. It's very violent. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that's this is an example of the these icon versus icon battles, which are just. It's, it, honestly, it's Square Enix trying to flex their technology. They're just like, look h- how fucking cool this shit. That's the can thing, look. right? It looks
2: yeah. awesome. It looks like Godzilla. It looks like a, you know. Yeah, it's like kaiju battles. Yeah. All h- like,
4: how how often do you expect to see something or to experience this sort of icon versus icon battle order, where it is kind of an interactive cutscene?
3: Okay, uh, I I don't know. Uh, I think they're 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 beholden to. Uh, pivotal moments in the story got gotcha. so uh it's it's hard to tell but i think th- there's gonna be a handful of them i imagine that they wouldn't go to the lengths to trying things like this if it wasn't a like a, one of the pillars uh, of yep. the game um and they want to kind of keep those things under wraps because like we asking questions out there yeah. we're like no what what else y'all got in store for these icon battles and like oh that's uh we don't want to really want to talk about that yet please be excited please, yeah, yeah please please, <laughs> please be excited drop that 70 dollars to see See what's up with it, but so uh, you're yeah. telling
1: me that the Clive turns into Ifrit. So yeah. you are you. This is Clive actually that, yeah. that's fighting, and so you're saying you you don't play as the other people. D- did you see or hear about other icon battles where you would
3: be playing as somebody else that isn't Clive as Ifrit? Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to tell. So his ho- his homeboy Sidophus is actually the so they're they're called Dominance. Ha ha ha. Uh, the the people who can embody these icons and these summons. Are called dominant. So all the all the key characters are are dominants. I don't know how they will kind of interact with each other. I don't know what the context is for Clive being able to wield all these different summons. Uh, so it's hard to tell right now. But I know Sodafis. He's the the dominant for Ramu. So the the god of lightning. Uh, and Benedicta, who's the one you're fighting. She's the one who uh, controls Garuda. Uh, I think Ifrit is the first one that Clive gets to gets a gets control of. And I know from, I think from the story context, if I recall correctly, his brother, which is at the beginning of the game, uh, turns into Phoenix. And that's kind of like the, kind of the the turning point for the story where it's like, okay, this is, people transforming into these icons are sort of this big deal. They're walking weapons of mass destruction in this war-torn world. So that's kind of where that tension comes from. I just, I want to see more. I want to know how, like, benedicta talks to clive and calls him the branded one or whatever and i think that has to do with like him being able to control multiple icons at the same time um so all that stuff is still a very big mystery uh and it's definitely one of the things that i want to uh uncover to my, play more.
0: my question is for you as somebody who's a big final fantasy fan and like yeah. of course there's been a lot of different iterations of what combat looks like in final fantasy Right, like we've had so many turn-based Final Fantasies. Fi- Final Fantasy 15 looked like it um, shifted more into the action era, right? I know you are maybe the biggest Stranger of Paradise <laughs> fan and, that and I know. That's Right. And uh, Stranger of Paradise is just straight up like a neo-type, yeah. uh, almost Souls-like character action game. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Final Fantasy fi- 16 seem like the right step for a mainline Final Fantasy in terms of the shifts that it's making in its combat? Gameplay-wise, yes, I think so. Uh, and it, it, at first, um,
3: like when I when I talked to the development team. Uh, the overall sense is that they want to create something that is going to attract modern gamers like as as much as like i said as much as we love the turn-based stuff that doesn't have as wide appeal as a flashy character action game like this like you could show this gameplay to someone else who has no context for whatever final fantasy is and like oh shit that looks dope i wonder what that is um if you show me turn-based combat i'm like hell yeah let's fucking go <laughs> uh, but if you show a lot of like 10 people turn-based combat they'll probably look at it and be like okay yeah well, whatever That's i not... fall asleep dude. That's damn it. i hate to <laughs> see it but but yeah and then so they wanted to create something that is going to be attractive to uh, i mean they they say a younger audience but i, I also think that they mean just like a warmer audience yeah just a wider more mainstream audience where um you know they're not gonna uh, you know terms are awesome
0: yeah this it's, looks like everything you've said about the combat appeals to me so much like when we see when we look and we see the health bars that look like a fighting game the way you compare it to devil may cry 5 the way no. that you talk about like yeah there's a mode where they will literally grade your combat sections that speaks to everything i love about <laughs> like a, a a game like devil may cry or any game that has uh fun combat systems and funny enough yeah. it reminds me of when we first saw or when we first heard about stranger paradise because there was the leak before Stranger Paradise was revealed, and then there was the reveal where like a lot of people were like, Ooh, I don't know about this one. Yeah. But in that leak, they talked about it being more of a, hey, this team ninja doing something that's more souls-like. And uh-huh. I remember reading that and being like, this sounds like this sounds incredible, a Final Fantasy that's also a Souls-like, that sounds like the
4: next next step. (laughs) Bro, it's so weird because you mentioned Stranger (laughs) Paradise like five minutes ago at this point and like you mentioning it right now is like, oh, it is a Final Fantasy game. (laughs) 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 I kind of forgot about it. I played through that whole thing and it was was an experience. Um, Michael, do you have any sense of what, is going on with um all of the different houses like did, did you get sort of, sort of any glimpse at what all the different factions are how does the voice l- acting seem Oh okay a little bit yeah yeah, yeah.
3: um so the, the the broad setup is that in this world Valisthea it is there's a war over resources Valistia. so there's i think there's six mother crystals and it's funny when i talked to Naoki Yoshida about it he said he he likened the mother crystals as like oil rigs or oil fields like these are These are kind of what the world relies upon for their energy. Just their way of life kind of revolves around these mother crystals. And
4: these are the ones we saw in the trailer where, like, the cities are kind of built around them. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And then so what—and I asked him, like, okay, give me more of the story context. And he's like, what happens when those resources start to be depleted? and people are running running low on that stuff, and people get antsy, and then war breaks out, and they're fighting over these l- very limited resources around the world, and showing kind of the desperation, the darkness of humanity when those things happen, uh, and then also having, like, these weapons of mass destruction, like the dominance and the icons, um, and kind of all hell breaks loose on uh, that stuff. So they have these different regions and different factions, these different uh, cities and states, uh, and they all kind of, they all touch upon, like, different types of uh, civilizations that we've seen in history like there is a theocracy there is a republic that has like different uh, political structure there's like a traditional like royal kingdom and uh, shit like that so i think you know again the demo didn't really have much story context but i think part of it is that you know they've said that this is a game that revolves around like those uh, larger political themes so the the way those nations are going to interact with each other and how Clive is going to interact with the rest of these characters because he does have to come in contact with them. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the bigger mysteries, but that's one of the more fascinating parts. The thing is, is that, so I wrote this in my preview, is that I kind of expect and always come to Final Fantasy for a balance between the whimsical and The like evocative, emotional storytelling. The thing that I'm gathering from my time with 16 and from everything that we've seen up to this point is that it takes itself it takes itself very seriously. Uh, And I don't know how I feel about that quite Mm yet. Uh, Like this Mm -hmm. game is so self serious. Everything is dark. Everyone's pissed. Like the the only emotion anyone knows is anger so far. That's all we've seen. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Um, And you know, by their own admission. Like the the the, the dev team says have, has said that they want to be like Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it did, In your limited experience, is it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's it's okay. very apparent that that is the tone that they're going for. Uh,
2: so yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I, that's, that's your thing. That no, that that's what, like the whimsical kind of turns me off sometimes. The the fantasy elements of a Final Fantasy, right? So the yeah. idea of them doing like we're doing this Game of Thrones story, and we're setting it there, okay. is a win for me. Uh, what I've seen action-wise and being just from one character's perspective is yeah. big for me. One, my question would be for Clive. Obviously, you know the main character they're building about. What are you seeing in terms, or if anything, in terms of customization? Like, are you equipping different armor and seeing that represented? Are you picking stuff like that, or is it know. not that? Is it just? No, bunk- I don't know. I don't know yet. Yet, uh, there wasn't really much uh, equipment customization mm-hmm. there quite yet.
3: Um, from what I've seen, most of that customization comes from how you uh, how do you upgrade and sure. set your icon abilities. Um, one thing uh, on that point, though, there is. Uh, I guess uh, I should mention that there's. Uh, what do they call there's six rings which are accessories that you can equip and they work as assists so this was their way of kind of uh, leveling the playing field in case you want assistance with any like, if it's too difficult for you they have you can equip a only two rings max but you can have a ring that says You'll have a prompt that gives you like two seconds to evade uh, oh, wow. to do a perfect dodge, hmm. whatever. They'll have one where you can just smash the uh, square button and it'll do it'll do like some wild cool combo, combo auto. Yeah, it'll auto combo for Smart. you. So if you're if you're not into action games like they've, they've said we're concerned about, you know, what if the traditional Final Fantasy players, maybe they're no they come into this not wanting to play an action game. Well, we have some assistance for you. Like That's you can awesome. Just, yeah, you can just smash square and you'll do
2: cool wild shit. And see, that's Whatever. back to me, where it's like I don't bayonetta. I don't. I, I I don't like action games, but I like action RPGs. Okay, yeah. So the idea that like, all right, cool, I can do the bayonetta stuff. if I just tap square, but I cannot then you know worry about my stats and yeah, polishing off. Yeah. Me this yeah. Way. So there's cool. there's
3: different ways, and they have one that will auto dodge for you, as well, and they'll have one that uh, automatically initiates potions if you get low on health, so you don't have to worry gotcha. about that. Gotcha. So there are different ways that uh, equipment kind of customizes the 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 player's experience. Um, if you, I mean, if you're gonna deck, deck out cloud, a cloud, wow! <laughs> <laughs> cloud. Uh, if you want to get Clive in a in a swimsuit bikini, I I don't know if you could do that.
2: But that, oh, that, that, that is a well JRPG no, tradition. There's, the, we'll get yeah, that there's the first miss. There's the first.
1: Well, I want to talk about Clive. That's yeah. his name. Clive a little bit because you know I I'm the type of guy that likes calling calling guys my boy. So I yeah, want to say my boy Clive. I don't want to say my boy. Yeah, I don't know. want to say. I don't know my, my boy. He doesn't like the name. This guy. The name it's sucks. Him, Clive. Doesn't look cool. Everything about that's like, So excited for <laughs> everything you're talking about gameplay yeah, wise. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited from this is from the team from or Good one, members of the team of Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> yeah. I know how much people love that. Them taking it seriously. I'm kind of here for it if yeah. it if it lands and and that team is behind it. But
3: there's just something about looking at these characters. I'm like, I I don't like you. <laughs> and am I wrong? You're not wrong, because I, I, feel, I feel the same way. I feel the same way that, uh, yeah, everyone is very angry, and it, it really feels like they, they have, like, they're there to throw hands. They're not there to make friends. Uh, and, but that is, that is cool, though. Th-
2: yeah, that, that is one of the things I did. did y'all at- want to fucking play as a guy who killed Chaos? Like, let it go. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, but he had friends. But, hey, <laughs> if, you, if you finish Stranger of Paradise, you will know that that game is actually about the power of friendship. <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, but i don't know if there's gonna be is is there power friendship in final fantasy 16 i don't know that's like one of the, my favorite themes in any jrpg any anime uh, i'm not sure if this is going to have it in he- like that overarching theme here but i did ask the dev team about that i said you know i'm looking at this and i come to final fantasy for that whimsical side as well um i love uh cutie bullshit alongside the dark stories that we we know and love from Final Fantasy uh is that going to be in there and so he mentioned that Nyaki Yoshida mentioned that this is by his his words this is also uh, as dark as it is it is also a story about hope and he we talked about Endwalker because you know, I'm a big 14 player and he's like yeah you play at Endwalker you know this is this is a different style of story but it's still going to try to hit those same notes that you kind of expect from a final fantasy and there's going to be moments he, he at least mentioned i didn't see it in the in the demo but he said that there's going to be moments of warmth where there's like character driven dialogue and side story quests we're going to learn more about these characters and see a warmer side of them so i'm hoping that that kind of fills the void of what i'm looking for from a final fantasy that you know, Clive isn't just just this dude uh, I control to beat the shit out of everyone. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, like, I wanna, like, I want to know him. I want to know who he is, like his companions. Like, Jill seems like a really interesting character. You see, she's like the, the girl with the gray hair who fights alongside him sometimes. I want to hang out with my boy Torgel. I want to, like, give him pets and uh, take him out on walks and things like that. And I want to know about Sid. Like, he's that dude is hot as hell. Like, that dude fine as hell. Like... I, but I want to know more about him. Um,
1: <laughs> so, on, on the opposite- I want I want to keep talking about Final Fantasy 16 but before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Hello Fresh for sponsoring this episode. Remember those New year's goals you promised yourself that you'd stick to? Well, Hello Fresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, taking the hassle. Out of dinner time. Fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes, so you can enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with bernay sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. A ton of us here at Kind of Funny have been using HelloFresh for years. Kevin loves how easy it is to get poly vegetarian options. While I just love how quick the fast and fresh recipes come together during a hectic day in the studio. Go to HelloFresh.com. Slash kind of funny sixty five and use code kind of funny sixty five for sixty five percent off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash kind of funny sixty five and use code kind of funny sixty five for sixty five percent off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one. Kit.
0: the newest episode of my video essay series the blessing show is out right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and it's all about black hair and video games black representation is complex compared to alien Frogman, i'm sure it's way easier to conceptualize this than a fade elden ring is the highest selling new ip in years and i guarantee you from software and bay9amco understands that their audience extends internationally when given the option to create a black character i'd like to create a version of myself that doesn't look like a Lil Nas X thing lead for Fallout Boy. For many, I'm sure this seems like a very minuscule and specific thing to complain about. There's plenty of noteworthy areas of improvement the games industry can still make, even in just the area of representation and inclusion. So why is black hair heroin to harp on? Well, for folks who just listen to me on podcasts and have never seen a Kind of Funny video before, surprise, I'm black. Check it out over on youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games.
1: Go for blast.
0: so on the opposite side how's the drama right like you know this you say the whimsy isn't there as much Cutscene to cutscene, were you enthralled with what was going on did it but <laughs> did the political aspects of these different nations stand out to you as something that you're interested in
3: uh not quite yet i mean i'm I'm watching these cutscenes as i'm playing like i don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about right mm-hmm. now uh so yeah it is, is that because they put you later in the demo or kind of yeah and but i the the thing i also mentioned in, in my preview is that the character interactions—they uh, seem cold, and I think that it—that's hmm. intentional. Um, but it, it's so far, it feels a little one-note. Um, and some of the dialogue that they're having—I don't—I don't really get a sense of the world. I don't get a sense of who they are, because hmm. uh, I think, you know, in, in a lot of RPGs, the the quirks and just the way characters speak to each other uh, kind of says a lot about their personalities. Uh, but I—I I, I can't really gather anything from their personalities quite yet, other than they're just. Angry and want to fuck shit up, so it's it's hard to get a gauge of those things.
4: Jack and Stranger Paradise, I was groaning, you know. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah,
5: yeah, that's my guy.
3: That's
5: my guy. Don't talk shit about Jack.
1: You Um, you you already touched on this a little bit, but one of my favorite things of games in the last couple years has been the writing and delivery of lines in Final Fantasy VII Remake, where I just thought they just really hit a good tone of it being a interesting story with interesting characters that felt real, felt whimsy cool very human stare, like, right human and the, yeah. like also fun um but also the story was like simple enough to follow and i thought the remake did a really good for the most part there's yeah. obviously some yeah. weird shit but like uh the plot of final fantasy 7 remake i thought they did a really good job adapting the original game into that and i was like man th- Final Fantasy has hit a new kind of standard for what I expect from the story of it.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, obviously, a much more expansive uh, thing that's been going on for a long time. Do you think that, like, the besides it being dark and all that stuff, like yeah. do you think that this game has the potential to have a story that you'll eventually be like, that is an all-timer? Or are you like, there's enough here already that I'm seeing that I, I think is it's too much?
3: Uh, I think I'm, I'm a little bit more on the skeptical side right now. And I, it, it doesn't, I don't necessarily want to make that like an indication. Like, Oh, based on my demos, like, Oh man, the story is trash. Like, no, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm going to say though on Twitter. <laughs> that's what I'm going to Quote you as y'all, on Twitter. Damn. You you all, y'all going right to <laughs> cut that and tweet it out. And <laughs> man, that's the, that's the last time I do anything with Square Enix. <laughs> um, wait, hold up. What was your, uh, what was your question again? Damn, my bad story. Is it going to be an all timer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it has the potential because um, two things is that i trust this dev team uh so sure. uh mahiro san who is uh was one of the one of the dudes who helped rebuild final fantasy 14 with a realm reborn and heavensward and like uh word on the street is that a lot of the heavensward team is on 16 as well and that if you play through that expansion you will know that that is really where they found like their their narrative foundation they really a way to tell a story in an mmorpg all that stuff clicked and that is a really difficult thing to do like no other mmorpg i'm gonna say it, no other mmorpg even comes close to telling the same level of story as uh 14 so i trust them because they've done it before and they've done the impossible in a way at least to me it's it, that's what it seems like and i think the setup has potential for a lot of uh interesting political drama I don't know what they're trying to go with it. If it's just like, these are just pieces that we shift around for, for this big bombastic drama, or if there's going to be a larger message, or if there are going to be things to pluck out about like philosophical things that we can look at and study or uh, ponder about. Like when I put down this game, I don't want to just be like, yo, I fucking kicked ass. And I like, yo, I'm on the top of the leaderboards on the hardest difficulty. I want to be, I want to have things that are thought provoking. So everything I'm hearing about the setup seems to have the potential to do that now if that if whether or not they're able to you know those pieces are able to click into place with with the character uh, driven moments like though th- that's the thing that i'm most concerned about like are these characters equipped are these characters written are these characters going to have personalities and interact with each other in a way that speaks to the rest of that world because you can have interesting relationships between the different nations but at the end of the day it's the characters who drive those those themes and those those big storytelling moments. So um, again, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not down on it. I'm just skeptical. Skeptical, and that's the thing that I'm going to be paying attention to most when I get hands on with this game. So I'm already convinced with the combat. Like at first, I was going to this, like, damn, I really want to know how it plays. An hour in, I'm like, listen, I know, I know exactly how this plays. I cannot wait to get my to jump back into it and just play this game. So now that big question is, can this game? uh can 16 live up to the rest of the franchises you know storytelling chops um and again uh, i believe that they can uh the, it seems like there's pieces in place i just got to see it um in the like i gotta see the full picture cuz there are some games that you know you don't stranger paradise is one of them like uh, on a smaller scale but the pieces of that game don't necessarily click until you get to the very end um so you know i'm it's hard to judge a game even if i had five hours with 16 or even 10 hours i still wouldn't be able to necessarily judge i don't think uh how it makes all those pieces click
4: into place so um yeah man uh, and so you, you mentioned this is its own standalone story yeah um there's like Tim, do you think they put Jesse from Final Fantasy VII remake? <laughs> I, 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 I don't. It's doubtful. <laughs> really? Real, real yeah. doubtful on this one. But <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> actually, a, a question that's actually kind of related to that. You know, like <clears throat> Final Fantasy VII. What is, about is, Tifa? <laughs> what <about, laughs> else? <yeah, where, laughs> Tifa. Is there Aeris? How, how's the Aeris doing? Um, Final Fantasy VII. You know has lived on for what how many years 20 years 25 years 30 years five years yeah like that is that is a game that has a legacy that has lived on final fantasy 14 came out what close to a decade ago over a decade ago and that's another one that's lived on since then playing final fantasy 16 i know you only got a couple of hours with it does it feel like something that is going to span a franchise out of this one entry does it feel like one of those ones or like it could be one of those ones it seems ambitious enough
3: like uh, when I think about the the extent to which they're trying to build out this world, and you know b- it being the fourteen team, they've they've done that where they have continuous stories, and like so, uh, I think it's a fair question because you look at something like Final Fantasy Thirteen, uh, which you know there's mixed feelings yeah, about. Yeah, that that 13 got Thirteen trilo- to Thirteen Lightning Returns. So that thing got a whole trilogy. Final Fantasy Fifteen had multiple episodes ended up getting cut short unfortunately
1: and a movie and a tv show yeah, so and, and like or like whatever that was
3: yeah there's like a lot of extended media for each uh piece of that universe so in a way like again like i said this game is impressive and it looks expensive i feel like they it would, it would they would be remiss at least judging from now they would be remiss to not keep building upon that even if it's like another final fantasy like final fantasy 17 uses that similar foundation like they it really seems like they put a lot of work and a lot of resources into building this thing. Um, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised if they kept continuing, like, building out this specific universe or at least using this as a foundation for the f- franchise in in the future.
1: Am I right in assuming that Final Fantasy 16 is your most anticipated game of the year? Yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. Having
1: played this, is that still the case?
3: Absolutely, yeah. Not yeah, sure. yeah. yeah well. but, but for, for different reasons now. Like I said, it's before I it was kind of like uh i'm like i'm not sure about the gameplay but i trust their their storytelling now it's now it's flipped where i'm like ah where are they going with this story but god damn does this game feel good to play um so it's still my most anticipated game and uh yeah it's it's just a fascinating project from square enix so one of the questions uh that i asked was about how this how the story was constructed i think this speaks to what they're going for about trying to be a western style fantasy uh, and trying to be a Western game is that this game was written in both Japanese and English simultaneously. So Yeah, traditionally with Japanese games, you know, the story is written in Japanese, is then localized by uh, four different languages and like English studio, and that's how we get those games in the West. Um, and I've uh, over the years I've talked to a lot of localization teams about how they do it, specifically like Sega and uh, Ryu Ga Gotoku Studios with this Yakuza franchise, and the ways in which they're able to um, make those games speak to a foreign audience. So talking to Koji Fox, who's the localization director, he straight up said, we wanted to make a Western style fantasy game. So we, um, we wrote this thing in English and Japanese simultaneously. And we had, Eng- they recorded the English voice acting first. Oh, and wow. they had the, the, they had English, um, or they say foreign to, to them, foreign uh, motion capture artists, like to do, to act out these scenes. The mannerisms, the way they speak, the lip syncing is all English first, uh, and that's unheard of hmm. for a, for a, a Final Fantasy game. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, it, it really it it really feels like it, similar to you know they they weren't afraid to drop name drop God of War. Uh, they they they've mentioned that the, they want something that's similarly structured as the
4: developers. Like, yeah, at thought in the game. Oh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yo, Kratos is one of, of the icons. Kratos Reminds is an icon. Reminds I could of that of Let's go. Um, I just imagine like Michael Hyam watching, being like, I think these are American uh, mocap actions, and one guy's like, Hey, pizza pie. <laughs> he, does yo, the, he does the Italian
0: there, hands. There might be a whole nation full of Italians. I don't know, man. I, I, I
3: would be, that would be sick, man. There's like a. Though I think the I think the theocracy in this world is like French or some shit. I don't know, and then there's like everyone's got everyone's got English accents or whatever. So uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a distillation of Europe. I mean, uh, but without any brown people, unfortunately, Mm. you hate to see it. (laughs) Did you get to ask about that? Uh, I I did.
2: Oh (laughs) no, they were like be historically accurate. Uh,
4: You're worried about not going to a square enix event. You should already. You're already done, bro.
2: Um, I would would
3: say, yeah, I would say that um, there isn't necessarily anything new uh from from there and i think mm. uh nakiyoshida has said that you no know, we recognize the criticism uh we've seen it and he's very like he's very open and and as someone who's followed his work uh through the years watching i'm up watching this dude at 3 a.m. watching live letter from the producer um so i know how much thought and care he puts into those sorts of things i'm not ca- i'm not i'm not caping for him well what, what some of that some of the things that he said uh but at least in context he he looked at that and he said damn all right well, like well You're right. yeah yeah <laughs> right and and then he's started to speak to like you know we want people to play through all of 16 and then see what the world we built and see that there is diversity in the different cultures that we have in the game like all right all right cool like i mean that's as much as they've said before so um that's kind of just what we what we got to roll with Mm -hmm. um and then you know my hope is that they at least uh take the that feedback and those criticisms and you know at least hopefully it influences them in their future projects uh things like that because that's kind of how 14 was built. That that game is always built on player feedback. And uh and if anyone's going to be receptive to that stuff, now Kyoshida is going to be someone who can at least, you know, uh, he's he's not going to ignore those things. Or at least I don't think he would. Um, but yeah, they they basically said like, oh yeah, you know, we got a lot of diversity in 14, which which is true, uh to it to an extent. And they're like, Yeah, in 16
4: at least, he didn't drop in, at least he didn't drop in it is what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, he says, like,
3: listen, brother, like, <laughs> I
4: don't know what to tell you. Like, it is what it is. Like, I,
3: you, that's, not, that's not what he said. That's not his attitude. But I was like, oh, damn. Uh, yeah, it, we'll see. Let's see what it is. I don't know if we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, I want to see I want to see some I want to see some some Filipinos in there <laughs> I wanna be out here at least make us merchants or, or or fishers out there, you know.
0: My ancestors was out there selling fish and shit, you know. Um no, that's uh damn, that's funny, but So has your yeah. excitement gone up or down since the preview? It's like
3: uh the same? But it's about the same. Okay. Uh it's about the same. Uh now I'm just like I'm just eager give it to, to me. Yeah, give it to me. Like I think I need I know as much as I need to know. Like of course, I have a ton of questions. I'm sure y'all are like eager to like figure out like different things within this game. But now I'm at the point where it's just like, all right, I know, I know what this is. Give it to me. Y'all. How's the oh. this how's the soundtrack? Ah, thank you. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you mentioned that. So Masayoshi Soken is probably, you know, I would say today, the best composer. Today, that dude, if you play Final Fantasy 14, you will know how much love and care is in the music that he creates for 14. In 14, music is a part of its storytelling. Like those things are inseparable. When you when I talk about persona, I talk about how those songs also are part of the storytelling. 14, very much so. Like some of those boss battles have the best songs, period. Not just in games, like period. All of the music, (laughs) hell yeah, yeah. It's straight up in composition because of the way that how involved uh, Masayoshi Soken is in the creative process of the stories that are told in 14 where he's in tune with what's what's happening in these cutscenes. Knows how to like he's the sound director. He knows when to like to to play the songs at the right moments, how to capture the 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 feeling of a boss of a boss battle uh in the context of its story. So here um it's a little bit more wild and crazy because like it's an action game so I'm just like worried about dodging and getting my getting uh, getting in hits and shit like that, but I was paying attention to the soundtrack. So the um it it's a I feel like you could take everything i've heard from 16 i could take all that and put it in final fantasy 14 and i don't think i would notice like a much Hell of a difference yeah. and that's a good thing yeah. Yeah. that's a good thing because like yes dude just do your thing flex on them like let everyone know who doesn't play 14 let them know what you're capable of uh, and like there's a before the the big garuda fight that we saw earlier with the the storm going on there's there's really like chill uh overworld like it seems like a final fantasy 14 overworld theme when it has like a like a like a backbeat like a lo-fi backbeat with and you can hear the final the the final fantasy uh, pregio you can hear that that theme in the background and it's like this very mis- mysterious mysterious vibe that really builds up up into that boss battle and then when you get into the boss battles you have the choirs fucking singing and you have the the, the orchestral strings just rising up and it really feeds into the drama of of that moment and it's catchy too. It's not just, you know, a lot of orchestral soundtracks are like, they're beautiful and they're well done. They capture the moment, but I don't necessarily would think of them as particularly memorable yeah. uh, in that way. These songs, at least to me, like when I was done, those melodies were in my head. Like I kept, I, hum, I was humming them the next morning and I couldn't like earworms, man. Like that's the that's the thing that that Final Fantasy and uh, like a lot of Japanese games do. They They create these melodies that you just can't get out of your head that really capture those moments and 16 has that ah oh, damn man you're getting me hot, yeah, man this is, is so yeah good. <laughs> this has jumped like way way up on my anticipated yeah, games list man like fuck, silken is so good man like even even his like even like what you think as like the normal mid tracks of of the soundtrack are still like phenomenal man like damn i just i want to get the soundtrack alone just listen to that and i think that's like one of the moments that got me hyped up from the first trailer like i heard it and i was like this sounds like it's straight out of uh heaven's word like these it sounds so familiar and it, it felt like it felt like so familiar to me that like it struck a chord with me like oh i remember how i felt when i finished heaven's word and the the, the emotional highs of that story that that was communicated in the soundtrack of 16 because still, it still it captures that similar vibe and Man, I can't wait for y'all to hear this yeah, music. That's Anything dope. else?
1: Like, that second trailer was yeah. the one for me, where it was like the prologue music, and it turned into like the epic choir stuff, and they were saying yeah. the the summons names. I'm like,
3: this yep. is so oh impressive. yeah, yep. oh, man. oh man, yep, that is. And if uh, you know, if you want more of that, let me tell you about Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, man. any any
1: closing words on your preview for Final Fantasy XVI?
3: Um, yeah, I think I asked about how this game is structured. I think a lot of people might be curious about that. So. It, it, it again they name drop god of war where you have this hideaway this hideout which acts as a hub and then you go out into the different regions of the world so they've said that this is not an open world game not like final fantasy 15 sure. where it's like i'm gonna go to town take quests, get in my car drive around or whatever so you have like the central hub uh like kind of what is it midgar and uh god of war uh, where it connects you to the rest of the world so that's kind of how this game is structured as well you're going to venture off into different regions it's all, it seems like it's going to be uh, seamless, but not necessarily open world. Um, so now when I think about that, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You're still gonna have level like a level of exploration in that world. It's not like a monster hunter where you just like queue into like a zone, or whatever, but it's you know this zone this big zone. this big world that is that is structured like a, like the modern God of War games. Uh, so there's that. and uh, yeah, there's gonna be tons of side quests they talked about uh, some of that stuff, but we'll see all that when the game comes out. It's uh, getting into too much of the nitty gritty that uh, that I can't necessarily speak to because I didn't get hands on with it. Just ask them in interviews, but we get in an yeah. early demo. I don't know. That's a good ass question, man. Like uh, th- this thing did say trial demo. Like uh, when you when I boot up the mm. screen it says trial demo, I was like, oh,
1: are you all gonna usually r- do uh, yeah. right?
3: Like we got a Stranger of mm-hmm. Paradise, Final Fantasy XV, Square Enix. A yeah, Square Enix ones. always does. It seems a little early because this game is coming in First June. Token. Uh, yeah. they usually True. do those things like a month before yeah. release and like okay we'll carry over your progress or at least give you a good chunk of the game so I feel like they would this, this, I feel like maybe they should because I want people to I want to see what people think of this combat system it's really fucking cool Yeah. well hell yeah man
1: thank you for that Damn. Um, before we, <laughs> we leave though I wanted to talk about some other games do you, do you guys I know you've been a little quiet Andy is there anything you any game you want to talk about Or do you just want to have us talk about Metroid Prime Remastered because we Mm. can do that. I want to hear
2: you talk about Hi-Fi Rush.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about Hi-Fi Rush real quick because I beat it this weekend. I've been slow playing a little bit, kind of playing chapter by chapter whenever I had a, a free night. And I've said this a couple times now, but I can now say it definitively now that I've beaten the game. It just gets better. Like yes. I feel like every single chapter adds, and it just like improves the experience, which already starts great. And it just ends amazing. Like It reminds me of Celeste in that way. I was talking to Andy about this. Of As you play through Celeste, again, starts out amazing, and all the abilities you have are so much fun. But as they give you new abilities and the, the pacing at which they do... It just gets more and more fun, and by the end of it, your fingers are going wild, and you're like, well, I can't believe I'm accomplishing what I am now compared to where I was in the beginning okay. of the game. But on top of that, it feels like the level design has to be even more intricate, and the puzzles are that much more turned up. And I feel like Hi-Fi Rush takes that and just applies it to a super awesome rhythm action game that, like it only gets better as an action game and as a rhythm game, the further you get into it. And that is always one of my favorite things of uh, with a rhythm game is I remember playing guitar hero for the first time and we all had that moment of like, okay, cool. We can't do this. Okay, cool. We can do this. I can't imagine doing all five of the buttons. And then all of a sudden, one day your pinky slides yeah. down, slides in there. And you're just <laughs> like, cool. Hey, yo, uh, I've unlocked something here. You know what Ayo. I mean? Uh, and it's like, boom, then you can do that. And it's just like playing through the, the different um, songs they give you. It, it allows you to feel like a badass. And yeah. um, I think that there are so many moments in Hi-Fi Rush that I feel like an utter badass. And all of what I'm talking about is just the gameplay. That's all being backed up by the most creative animation I've yep. ever seen in a Sir. video game. Backed up with such a fun cast, such great voice acting, such great writing and jokes, and and just tone overall. Like, this game, I, I there's a million different things I can be like, it's like this and like this and like this and like this, and it's all things that I love. Like, I have... I never imagined I would be able to play something that feels like I'm playing through Scott Pilgrim. And the Scott Pilgrim video game is awesome. That doesn't feel like you're playing through Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. This feels like you're playing through that uh, graphic novel or specifically the movie where at any moment something can be like a fourth wall break and then just jump right back into something. And then it's 2D, it's 3D, it's it's like uh, choppy animation, it's fully beautifully smooth animation, and it all just feels like it hits um, but, yeah, I am so, so impressed with this game.
4: Yeah, I, I was pretty – I was kind of mid on it when when it came out. I, I think mainly the praise on social media kind of got my hopes a little too high, but I definitely didn't get to the point yet where it really opens up and gets great. And early on, I'm like two hours in, I'm like, it's it's okay. I just don't see, like, the game of the year praise that people are giving it. And then and then you unlock the parry. <laughs> and then yeah. and, and straight up, like, you unlock the parry and then you start – uh, fighting enemies that are a lot more follow the pattern base and it feels fun to do and it just keeps on getting better and better and then you get to one of the boss fights later on that is just so much freaking fun when you are nailing it you feel awesome doing it I'd say for Hi-Fi Rush 2 Let's work on the platforming a little bit, and we'll have, like, the perfect game ever. Yeah, I think no. the platform is kind of eh in this game. Yeah, but I mean, dude, everything else is phenomenal. Totally.
1: And, like, I'm right there with you in the sense that, like, I really loved the game. But I would probably give it, like, when I first started playing, I was like, this is one of the best threes I've ever played. And then it turned into a four. I don't think it ever hit a five for me, uh, even at the end of the day. Like, it's going to be very high on my list. But I do think, that yeah, platforming is not fun. Uh, it's not the worst thing ever, but you no. are heavier than I'd like you to be. Um, and sometimes you just
4: move slow a lot of it is running to to the beat that kind of holds you back exactly they they want you to run to the beat and because of that you are a little bit more lumbering but i'm always doing the the three dash just to kind of move forward more but i think with how fun and fast-paced the action is i wish that there was a lot more grappling in the platforming yes when you are totally with you i'm using the grapple all the time in combat and i wish in the platforming you could kind of be zipping around a lot more than you actually do
1: and I do feel um, this is such a, a weird criticism, but I I, I, I stand by it a hundred percent. The game is always at a high, uh, high fi rush. Yeah, <laughs> so sure. I, I rarely, Terrible. F- Terrible. I, it's always at a high Boo. that I rarely feel a <laughs> rush. Tomato. Put that on the fucking <laughs> box. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it's it's always just like uh, turned up to eleven. That yeah. it's very rare um, that you get a moment that feels better than the other moments and i feel like in a lot of other games there's like the one moment i can call and be like that was so special that was so special this is just entire experience yeah. is special yeah which is Man. great but it's just like i just feel like there was a it lacked a bit of like uh. the and then this happened and there's moments boss fights that are incredible and i do think that the last three chapters of this game are just like so well paced and so hype and so extra in the best ways but things happen so quickly that you're kind of just like Okay, cool. The next cool thing, the next cool thing, the next cool thing. There's never a lull to make you go, Holy crap, what we mm. just did was
3: incredibly cool. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yep. Man, check out check out my review on IGN.com for Hi-Fi Rush. Nine out of ten. Amazing. I love I love that game, man. Chapter eight was the was the moment when I when I put my controller on and said, This fucking game, yo. That, that was the chapter that, you know, it, I think I talked to you about this bless, but that it's I don't know if I'm Wrong, i feeling this, but it felt like an ode to Persona Five.
0: Oh like, yeah, with oh the, yeah,
3: with the music in the background.
0: I literally sent. I, I took the song. I sent it to Barrett, and I was like, "Dude, I thought this sounds like a Persona song. Yeah, like, you took it yeah. straight out of Persona Five. Yeah, because in got the setting, this, like, yeah. it, it all fits within within that. And that's the thing I like about the game a lot too. Is that there's so many things in high. Five, every single thing feels like a reference to something that mm-hmm. feels irreverent or reverent about what is referencing right like there's a moment that is very scott pilgrim there's a song that is from scott pilgrim well uh, from the trailer of scott pilgrim yes yeah, yeah that's in there where i was like oh, i know that where do i know this i looked it up i was like scott pilgrim all right that's where, I, where that's where i know that from um and yeah like there there are moments for me where i was like this is dope as hell and it wasn't just gameplay moments right it was also cutscene moments it was there was one boss later on that has a transformation that where uh, i believe it's beethoven that's playing where he like oh transforms yep. into like a giant wolf thing and yep. i I saved that cutscene and I rewatched that cutscene like 8 times. I was like this is fucking so sick. sick as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it definitely does it has had that those those those
3: those high highs for me. Animation uh, switch-ups switch like, are phenomenal. Yeah, went yeah, to the
4: 2D like
3: yeah. 2D animation is really really Some dope. Some of the needle man. drops in there, I think chapter 10 when they play uh, The Prodigy, if, yep. if y'all know that's that song, Invaders Must Die, that is yeah. probably the most... That's the, the Scott Pilgrim song, I think. It is. Yeah. Oh, is that... that's Okay, yeah. so yeah, when when they did that needle drop, I was like, oh,
1: shit. Yeah. That moment on, that's what I'm talking about. I am like, I this felt it, game is just fucking awesome. I
3: felt invincible because I was so yep. synced... That, that game has, has you so synced to the music that I am beating your ass to this song and nothing feels better to me at least because as much as I love video game soundtracks and music, when you sync that to the actual gameplay, man, there's... Oh there's no better feeling than that.
4: And yeah. meaningful exploration getting a bunch of extra little money things that then let you unlock abilities that make the game even cooler somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And really the, awesome. the
0: cast of characters I absolutely love as well. Fantastic. Like every single every single one they introduce. I love the naming scheme. Um I like I I like a good um uh what's they call it called a rogues gallery of of villains of bosses right where yeah. like you know like it reminds me of uh, like a gear where i'm like all right each of them have their own thing they're going on right it's not to that no level normal heroes normal heroes that's another good uh, good example but yeah like i i love so much about this game like for me for me it is a 5 but it's also a 5 where Hi-Fi Rush 2, I could see being better in multiple different ways. Six. Oh, dude, Hi-Fi Rush 2 is going
1: <laughs> to no. be incredible. Like, yeah. I, this is, I don't think I've played a game in a very long time that I'm like, oh, the next one is going to be an Uncharted 2, Assassin's Creed 2 type leap. And Hi-Fi Rush, I think that, like, without a doubt, it is yeah. going to be demonstrably better. Because, like, this was such a hit, and it worked for so many people that I think they're going to be like, all right, now let's have even more fun. Yeah, there's no yeah. reason why they
0: wouldn't do it again. Like, and I've, I've said like, it before, but I really want them to partner with, like, a well-known composer to like really hone in like i would love if they partnered with um uh what's the name of the composer that does did, that did jet set back in the day oh like uh, that dude uh, or the persona five composer like partner with a composer that can really hone in and really go hard with the soundtrack because I, I i really i really like the soundtrack they have but i feel like you can even elevate it further if you um find somebody to really like put put effort into it
1: yeah Absolutely yeah. uh, closing out the show. I do want to talk about Metroid Prime master just, just a little bit because we, we haven't given enough love on this show on any show. I kind of funny and that bothers me because Nintendo just shadow dropped one of the greatest games of all time. And now it's even better. Michael, you've been playing it. I've been yes, playing sir. it. What, what
3: are your thoughts? Still a 10 out of 10. And that's not just because of the rose tinted glasses. This game is timeless. I've, I, I, I say this about like a lot of the seminal RPGs of back in the day, that these games are timeless Uh, for their stories and their combat systems. But there's something about a GameCube game, the first first first-person Metroid game. They fucking nailed it, like, straight up, man. The exploration, the vibe, the atmosphere, the music, the tension. This game is sometimes a horror game. Like, when you get the heat visor... That moment when you get the heat visor and all the power shuts down in that facility, and that's when you have like the Metroids coming at you. You got space pirates jumping from corners that you can't see and trying to escape. You just feel so vul- vulnerable in so many moments in that game. Um And in I don't I, like the the lore too. When you scan like the Chozo lore, when you scan the the space pirate logs, that like we say. I mean, I at least I feel like audio logs and like documents that you pick up are. They could be hit or miss very much, but Metroid Prime, the way they're so beautifully written and they just like fit the tone and they're very efficient. Like it's a couple lines, a uh, couple lines that you read off of Space Pirate Logging. You know exactly what was happening in that room that you go in. They were doing some fucking wild experiments. And my mind is like, holy shit, Dio, these Space Pirate dudes were like doing some wild shit. Like there's one one log that the, where they mentioned that they're trying to emulate Samus's powers because they're trying to take you down. And they talk about the morph ball. It's like, yeah, we had we had four subjects that we tried to turn into a morph ball and their bodies came out completely mangled. Yeah, we're shutting down this project. We're not going to try that. I'm like, yo, that is fucking dark. <laughs> but that's also fucking hilarious yeah. that they're trying to emulate my morph ball. And I'm just out there whooping their ass and like, oh, they're trying to be like me. Um, but yeah, the, the exploration is just so well done. Like, oh, I take a mental mental note. When I get that power, I'll come back here. Ooh, I get, an, I get a nice reward. I get missile capacity. Oh, I can open this new door. Wow, is open to a whole nother section of this game, just the way everything flows and how each region just has its own atmosphere, and when you walk into Fendrana Drifts and you just feel the snow and the music hitting you, it just it feels cold. Yep, it feels like I'm in, I'm in no man's land.
1: It's immersive as all hell, man. And you said it, but like this being a GameCube game from 2002, how does
3: it look so good? How
1: the fuck did it look so good? <laughs> and it looks better. You know, it looks yeah. better than it did. It controls better than it did. There's still some things that like don't hold up and weren't even that great then. Like the map, I do wish that they kind of yeah. uh, changed that up, yeah. but I understand they, they're not going to change it up because that's what it was. But um besides that like all the things that we've praised for so many years about this game whether it's the ambiance or the boss fights or like all those things it was like wow we were right the entire time (laughs) sometimes that's not the case going back to games we're just like oh man i love it it was great for what it was at the time this game feels impossible like this i can't believe that it exists and having uh this refresher of playing through it i'm just like this is better than i remember it like this compared to other games i'm like it just was so ahead of its time that like games today aren't doing some of the things that this game does and games do some things better for sure but some of the the aspects about this i'm just like holy shit! playing through metroid dread last year or two years ago whatever it was um was such a great experience for me because i love metroid i love those type of games this is on a different level, man. <laughs> like, yeah. this is just like, whoa. Like, yeah. they nailed so so much about it. And even, like, it being the first 3D Metroid, the translation from 2D to 3D, you would have never known that. Like, it just feels <laughs> like, oh, this, this was built to be this. But the way that they, the camera seamlessly goes from... First person with the visor that just looks cool as shit. Sometimes you get uh, heads-up displays in games, in first-person games, that, like, overly complicate stuff, and, like, you see through the visor, and I'm like, I don't need to do all that. Like, you're you're blocking my field of view. That's not the case here. It's just it adds to the experience every single time. And then you go into the morph ball, and it goes to third person. And you start rolling around, and it's seamless. You, yeah. you pop back up. You pop into first person. You get to a save station. Camera zooms out, and it just feels right. And, like, yeah. It feels like magic. I don't know how they make the entire experience feel so seamless and like you're just, you are Samus Aaron and you are on this journey, you're on this planet alone. And it can be scary, it can be rewarding. There's just so much there. And like, oh, and I, I thought her name they, was
4: Metroid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? I, am. I thought her but name was So you, you
1: three, I, 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 you, none of you have beaten Metroid Prime before.
0: No, no. I, I started the remastered, but well, I've only play, played about an hour in. And so far, I'm really into it. The sound design is the thing that stands out to me the most where this might be one of the coolest sounding games I've ever heard. I've not heard anything like this game before, right? Even since it came out on the GameCube, like I'm playing it in 2023, I'm like this, it sounds so distinct, and I love I love every single piece of sound design so far uh, in this game. So that's the thing that's, that stood out to me. But yeah, going back to it, I've had moments before where I've played the first like thirty minutes or so, and so I've basically read I've retried my steps uh, since then. And like this is blessing remastered. Yeah, this, exactly right. Like this is my the first hour <laughs> remastered once again for me. But uh, it's one I want to get back to. Right, I'm like in the middle of other reviews, but I want to get back to it because so far it seems really cool. Andy, you plan uh, on it?
4: I-, I definitely need to get to it, and I will get to it. Because I know that it's probably going to be a top 10 by the end of the year. A contender. It's got to oh, be. Yes. There, there you go. Yes. Much Straight like, from Nintendo. Ah, you know Jesus. My <laughs> <Christ>. Much <laughs> like Dead Space 1 Remake was for me. A game that I would have never expected to have been so into. I know this game will be there by the end of the year. I know I need to get into it. But yeah, everything on GameCube, just such a blind spot to me in my gaming history. I just had no experience with anything on GameCube. I only owned one that I bought twice. I bought an orange one and then I bought a black one for uh double dash and smash yeah and that was our like double dash and smash machine and that's all it was so like anything when it comes to wind waker all that shit just never played any of them so you i need to eat I, one day man yeah. i know i need to get into it no, and I'm in i, I fact, definitely will
0: where i didn't own a gamecube growing up so that's how i missed yeah. metroid prime and i even missed uh, melee and like smash is one of my favorite franchises but i missed out on like the most iconic one possibly yeah. um but yeah we should do like a gamecube like gamecube month or a GameCube year,
4: getting to the cube, season, the season of the cube. Andy and Blessing got shrunken into a cube. <laughs> They're in the give game it, cube. Give it to me,
1: give it to me. <laughs> give, 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 give Blessing some instructions of, of him getting small.
4: Blessing, uh, get into the cube. Blessing. No, as Hank Pimp. Oh no! Yeah. Uh-huh. We have to get as small as an ant, Scott. <laughs> <inaudible> you can't really say the name Bless and have it sound like <laughs> have, it has to be a name with an "ah," you yeah. know, yeah. with an "ah." Sok- hey, Scott.
1: But Greg, so I know your story infamously. Yeah, is you Watch never played
2: play the entire way if you're in college? Are you excited How's to college? play this now? Great. Well, I, you know, we'll get into that. Later. <laughs> oh, he's doing well. Kyle is okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had open heart surgery in December, but oh. he's, hey. he's pretty well. He's, he's yeah. You, hey, one of the member of the club. Yeah. Right? Uh yeah. No, I plan to. It's just that right now my switch is an Octopath Two machine. That's all. yeah. Ooh. That's all it does, and that's all it will do for quite some time, uh, I imagine. Another hit. I thought you were going to say my switch is stuck in customs. Ah, I- no, no, no. <laughs> uh, but when it's done, that'll be what I switch
1: over to. Yeah uh God, i love us so much uh but andy to your point about bringing up dead space i can't believe that within the course of just a couple weeks uh playing through dead space remake and Metro prime remake and both of them just hitting as hard or remastered as hard as they do where i'm like oh man these are some of my favorite gaming experiences ever and they're better now and they're both very similar in different ways where like playing through them you're like they're both when i was playing uh dead space when we did our review i was saying I am surprised at how much of a Metroid this is. And now directly comparing it to Metroid Prime, I'm like, it definitely is, but there's something about Metroid that is
4: different. Like it, it's a lot more of like a I just want to get those tunes, man. Oh, the tunes are good. Uh, the tunes are real good. God, man. I love yeah. I love some spacey tunes. Spacey tunes, yeah. yeah. Some of some
3: of the way where the some of the when the music changes, like on the Talon overworld, when it plays a second theme, I'm like, oh, something changed. More <laughs> more spooky. Oh man. I'm
1: Michael, we're going to close this out. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Where could people find you?
3: Uh, you can find me and all of my bullshit at Michael P. Hime on Twitter, and you can catch me on hell of websites. Uh, I have a Crime Boss <laughs> Raw City preview on Polygon, uh, Yakuza Ishin review on uh, GameSpot.com, which we talked about when I was on KFGD. Uh, you can catch me on MinMax talking about Yakuza Ishin. Again, we're doing a deepest dive with the boys and Sarah Pods, Leo Vader, and Jacob Geller. Doing Deepest Dive on Yakuza Ishin. What else? Uh, High fi Rush Review on IGN. Check that out. I did that thing, too. So, uh, yeah, i out here. Yeah, and, of course, uh, peep my full written preview of Final Fantasy 16 on ArsTechnica.com. Hit uh, tech website, ArsTechnica.com. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Kev, you've been giving me a face. I don't know if you're just yeah. talking with me She's or if you face. got something He's to just
0: say. off you. Oh, he's off. just
1: having fun. Yeah, he's, I, I think, I mean, I still don't know what you're doing, but yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was just
0: doing the thing I do every like two months where I like roll out and give you the finger. I, <laughs> I get it, I get it. I missed the finger part,
1: I just saw that. Yeah, I love you so much, Kev. Let us know in the comments below the how excited
2: working.
1: you are for Final Fantasy 16. There's a fire <laughs> and anything else you want to talk to us about. And more than anything, go watch the Blessing Show, share it with your friends, please. We're trying to make this the number one video of all time. (laughs) Oh my
5: God. Wow. Over Carly bit my finger? That's crazy. (laughs) Oh. Peace.